0: You know, I, I feel like uh, God wants to show us something about our theme we're in. It's, it's under construction, and this week we're talking about doors. And it's a timely message. In fact, the, the word you had, Pastor Chris, about Mary is actually the Scripture I'm preaching from this morning. And um, I believe God's got something special to say to us. And He wants to use us and show you something that He has for you. So let's pray. Let's open our hearts. God, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for this location. God, we thank you for this city. Lord, we thank you for every person here today. Lord, we pray that every life would thrive. God, that every person here would be in a place where they're thriving, where they're full of joy, full of hope, full of purpose, full of vision. Full of faith, and God, we pray. Speak to us from Your Word today, Lord. Enlighten our minds, lighten our load. God, show us what You want to say and what You want to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. You know, I, I we were praying for healing um, just before, and I do believe there's um, people that God wants to heal here today. And um, I felt like there's somebody here, and you've injured your kind of the right-hand side of your back and uh, might've happened just recently. I believe God wants to heal you at the end of the service. Come and come and see us and we'll pray for you. Uh, somebody here and you've maybe injured your left shoulder, uh, tendons pulled, I believe God wants to heal your shoulder. Just the other night I was in a service and I felt like God was saying to me that there was someone there who had injured their lower back. And uh, then I felt like God saying to me that they injured it on Wednesday playing sport wow. and I said to God cool I'm not going to say that it's too specific you know what if I'm wrong like let's just keep it general you know if you're here and you have two eyes and a nose and and you you're here you know this might be you so I said fine God I'll do it and I said there's someone here he injured your back lower back on Wednesday. Everyone's like, ooh, <laughs> he's really going there. <laughs> Wednesday, playing sport. Wow. And nobody responded. <laughs> so I thought, well, God, never doing that again. <laughs> End of the service, two people came up, wow. said, I injured my lower back this week. They didn't say Wednesday, they just said injured their lower back, we prayed, both of them healed by the power of God. Their back, they couldn't move, they started doing things they couldn't do. And then just like 10 minutes later, not thinking about it, this girl comes up to me and she's crying, weeping. And she says, you won't believe it. (laughs) I injured my lower back on Wednesday, dancing. (laughs) And I said, well, good to know. (laughs) We prayed for her right then and there. She got healing in her back. God is, God is real. We don't believe in just a concept. We don't believe in just an idea. We believe God is real, that He's powerful, that there is power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I, I think Jesus is nice. Like, I'm sure He's a nice guy, Pastor Meek. I, I think He'd be a nice guy. I think when He was roaming the earth, He was a nice man. I don't think it was rude, I think think it was was a very nice person. However, if he was just nice, if he was just a nice guy, if that was it, you know, Mr. Nice Jesus, if that was all he was, I quit, you know. (laughs) Because, I mean, the other day I was at the physio and the physio said to me, what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. And she goes, oh, that is so nice. That's so nice. Church is nice. And I vomited in my mouth. (laughs) Because when I read about Jesus, He was nice, but when He turned up, blind eyes were opened. Dead people were raised. This is not a Jesus who does not have power. He did not die in vain. He rose again and conquered the grave. He has power to set you free, power to bring healing, power to do new things in your life. So, we did not believe in a powerless gospel. In just going through the motions, we came here to encounter a living God who has power. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, can you agree? Can you say amen? Woo! Amen. I'll read this scripture and then Band will let you go, I promise. The book of Luke, chapter 1. Any Luke's in here? Okay. <laughs> Make sure we invite Luke next week. All right, chapter one, verse 26 to 38 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. <laughs> but the angel said to her, "Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. you were to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked a fair question. She said, how? <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? Yeah, cool, God, but how? How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. This doesn't work. This is, you know, it's awkward. <laughs> the angel answered her and he said, this is how. The Holy Spirit will fall upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is gonna have a child in her old age and she was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. Mary responds like this. And I believe her response is the reason for her selection. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. God, speak to us about doors, about opportunity, and about what you wanna do in our lives in Jesus' name. They all say it one more time. Amen. Amen. Can you thank the band? Grab a seat. Guys, you're amazing. Doing such a good job. We'll get you back up here very soon. I wanna talk to you about doors and and, uh, the the idea of opportunity. And I've found in my life, and often the way God works is that uh, God-shaped doors of opportunity kind of don't always show up how we would think. The idea of opportunity can be quite romantic and exciting, and it is, it is. But I've found that there's issues with God opportunities. One of the issues is that God-shaped doors often feel like an interruption. (laughs) They they often feel like, hang on, God, and um, if you could put yourself in Mary's shoes, she would feel like, God was very rude and just interrupted her, her 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 plan, her schedule. She's gonna get married to Joseph. Everything's looking good. Everything's on track. They're gonna have a great wedding. It's gonna be a, a huge celebration. And then God shows up in the middle of her plans, like an interruption, and says, hey, Mary, guess what? You're gonna give birth to the Son of God. And she's like, Sorry, what? <laughs> this is very bad timing, Lord. You know, we're not married, you know, so it's pre-the wedding, and, and what am I gonna say to Joseph? And it's, oh, this is awkward. This is an interruption. And so she tells Joseph the news, and she goes to tell Joseph and she says, Well, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And he says, What? She says, It's a God thing. <laughs> and he goes, hang on a second. <laughs> I know how this works, you know. It's not really a God thing, you know. She says, no, no, it's a God thing. And he's like, okay, you know, and then behind the scenes organizers to just deal with it, how he feels fit and look after her. And then God visits Joseph and says, hey, Joseph, shut up. It's a God thing. <laughs> it's a God thing. And he says, okay, it's a God thing. But it, but it shows up in this interruption And I find that that's how often the doors that God has for your life show up. They don't show up where you're looking or expecting. Often they show up in unexpected places. Recently I was on a plane and I was um, flying from Townsville to Brisbane. And I was in the Townsville airport and I'm going to get on the plane and as we're queuing up, quite a big queue, this couple runs into the room and they are fighting and they're yelling and it's loud and it's, it's embarrassing because for them, because there's this huge queue just conveniently standing right there where they're yelling and screaming and we're looking on and we're watching this and feeling bad and then we get on the plane and I, I get onto the plane and I walk up and on my seat next to me um, is our friend who is... Just been in the the argument, and she's sitting there and she's crying. And I walk up to my seat and I go to sit down, and she's crying—not like pretty crying. You know, some people cry really, cry really pretty. It's like <laughs> 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 she's ugly crying. You know, she's like <laughs> <laughs> heavy metal in there. I, I didn't know what was happening, and so I I come up and I sit uh, next to her and. She's crying and I do what any gentleman does. I say, are you okay? <laughs> Obviously, she's not. And she's <laughs> crying and, ah! and so I said, don't worry, it'll be okay. And then I put my headphones on and I press play and watch the, <laughs> watch the movie. Don't judge me. I was tired. So I'm watching this show and she's having a great time, still crying Really loudly, and uh, halfway through the flight, she taps me on the shoulder. You know, like, taps me on the shoulder, and I'm like, Rude, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> and, says, and then she says, Are you a Christian? And I go, oh, <laughs> Guilty, you know, you got me. And I said, How did you know? She said, Well, I know my grandma's a Christian. And I know she prays for me. And I've just been in the most terrible situation of my life. So I said to God, if you're real, put a Christian next to me on this plane. <laughs> so I looked at her and I said, well, I'm your guy. <laughs> and we talked some more. And then I said, do you know Jesus? She's like, who? Who? And I said, Jesus. And I said, would you like to know him? She said, yes. So right there and then I led her in a prayer to invite Jesus into her heart. could feel the power of the Holy Spirit right there. Got her connected in a church in Melbourne. She's still attending and and doing pretty well. It's funny that God shows up in the unlikely moments. Because you would think that it's in the moments that, you know, like just up here preaching. Well, that's the moment God's gonna open a door in my life. Actually, I've found that God is opening doors every day, but the problem is we miss them because they don't look like what we thought they would look like. They actually show up like an interruption. They actually show up like a moment of Unexpected interruption, but they are actually the moments that God wants to use in your life because it might be a connection or a relationship or a person that God connects you to in that moment and has a door of opportunity for your life. Right. God wants to use you where you are. You don't need to be anywhere else. You're right where you are is perfect. Right in the family you are is perfect. Right in the workplace you are, it's perfect. Right in this location, it's perfect. Wherever you are, it's perfect. God has doors for you right now. But God will use what you're good at and He'll give it a higher purpose. So He'll He'll kind of come into your world and um, use what you're good at and give it a higher purpose. I love soccer. Anybody like soccer? Love soccer. Okay, two people. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. Who likes rugby league? Come on, let's go let's go, what team? The Roosters. The Tigers. Oh, the ti- the Bulldogs. Okay, be quiet. So, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, uh, I, I play soccer and always have, and my, um, my soccer coach was this British guy, and I was just playing in a soccer team, and all I thought about was soccer, you know, which makes sense, because I'm playing soccer. So, All I could think about was soccer, 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 and I just wanted to be the best in my soccer team. I wanted to kick the ball, do everything that you do in soccer, if you didn't know that. And we we, we had this great team, but one day I felt like God say to me, uh, just felt like this thing on the inside saying, uh, you haven't prayed for one person on your team. I was like, God, that's for Sunday, you know? It's Tuesday, today's soccer day. You know, I'll talk to you on the weekend. (laughs) I felt like God said, no, I want you to to pray. So I started praying for my soccer coach, who uh, still is British and um, a rather aggressive um, footballer. And he is, you know, kind of crazy. And so I I felt to start praying for him. So I started praying with my friend for my soccer coach and um, then invited him to come to a thing called Alpha which is just sort of introducing you to who God is and who Jesus is. And so I called him one day and I said, "Um, hey, Buster, that was his name, Buster Brooks. Like, what a name. And I I said, Buster, I'm wondering if you'd like to come to this thing called Alpha. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, what is it? I said, well, it's this thing about Jesus. He's like, all right, fine. I was like, really? (laughs) Okay, sure, come along. So we bring him to Alpha. He comes to three weeks. He loves it. The third week he says, you need to take me to church this weekend. I was like, fine, you're the boss, you know? <laughs> Brought him to church that weekend. Pastor Phil's preaching at the end of the preach. Pastor Phil says, if you're here and you don't know Jesus and you've never had a relationship with him, come down the front. He is sprinting down the front. I am being dragged by his shirt. I'm like, ah, oh, slow down. Runs to the front, gets on the altar. He's like, pray for me, Pastor. you know. Pastor Phil prays for him. He gets saved. It's amazing what God has for you Where you are, you don't need to be anywhere else. You can be right where you are. God wants to use you right where you are. And you don't need to stop being good at what you're good at. Jesus said to the fishermen who became his disciples, he said, Hey, I'm going to make you into fishers of men. So don't stop doing what you're good at. Keep doing what you're good at. I'm just going to give it a higher purpose. God wants to give your talents a higher purpose. God wants to give your gifts a higher purpose. If you're good at talking, if you can talk underwater, God bless you. Keep talking, God's gonna give it a higher purpose and He's gonna use it in your life. If you're generous, keep being generous. God's gonna use your generosity for a higher purpose. If you're good at serving and doing stuff, keep doing it, God's gonna give it a higher purpose, whatever you're good at. God wants to use it and give it a higher purpose. Second issue, sometimes with God-shaped doors of opportunity, is uh, they often come with opposition. They don't always come easy and free. They bring a bit of opposition. Uh, the day I was ordained as a pastor um, was an awesome day. The next day was the worst day of my life. <laughs> my, all my friends This whole thing happened and all my friends left church and there was all this kind of interesting stuff happening and I decided I was going to stay, but it was at a price. And so there was this price attached, there was a bit of opposition attached to stepping into what I knew God was calling me to. Um, Sometimes the opposition isn't there to um, tell you who you're not, it's actually maybe there to affirm who you are talk to a young guy called David David anyone heard of David come on have you heard of David David young guy 15 approximately apparently and his father Jesse says David I want you to take some sandwiches to your brothers who are warriors they're in the war you're a little shepherd boy you just you just go take you know the food get it done So David says, yes, sir, runs into town, and there is his brothers, and they're part of the the Israelite army, and they're fighting an enemy called the Philistines, and on the Philistine team, there's a guy called Goliath, and Goliath is a giant, and he's talking trash down to the Israelites, and he's saying all this stuff, and they are in this moment of, of engagement, and David rocks up and says, who's this guy, Goliath? And they say, "Oh, you know, he's obviously a giant. You know, you're genius." And and so, David says, "Well, who's going to kill him?" And they're all like, "Well, not us. We 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 can't do it." So they had they had this perspective, right? They they looked at themselves, the Israelite army, and David's brother. They looked at themselves, and then they looked at Goliath, and then they looked at themselves, and they looked at Goliath, and then they looked at themselves. And then they looked at Goliath. David rocks up, same situation, same enemy, same giant, looks at Goliath and then looks at God. And then looks at Goliath and then looks at God. And then looks at Goliath, looks at God, gives him a wink Looks back at Goliath and says, I'll kill this sucker because if God is for me, who can be against me? He might be a giant. He might have been a warrior from his youth, but I've been a worshiper from my youth and I've got a perspective about God that's gonna overshadow this little guy. I'm gonna kill him. And the opposition was actually an opportunity. The giant was actually the doorway to David's future. The Goliath was actually what confirmed who David was called to be. David was called to be a conqueror. David was called to be a king. And the giant was the very opportunity that God had appointed for this young man. Sometimes the the opposition in your life is actually an appointment from heaven to to prove and affirm who you really are. Because with Jesus, you're a conqueror. With the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible. Come on, you're not a victim, you're a victor. You're not not beneath, you're above. You're not the tail, you're the head. In Jesus Christ, you have an identity that gives you power and authority to rule and reign in life. The other annoying thing about God-shaped doors is they feel beyond our ability. That's because they are. I love what Mary says. She says, how will this be? How will this be? Since I'm a virgin, the the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will fall upon you. I don't know if you've ever felt like what you're looking at is impossible. And it might be. But God is attracted, drawn to impossibilities because of this great power that we have access to, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would never be uh, striving our way through following Jesus, striving our way through the doors that God has called us to walk through. You aren't meant to be doing this in your own strength. There is a power from heaven, the Holy Spirit, who has come to give you authority and equip you with what you need. Whatever it is you need, all you got to do is ask. If you need wisdom, ask. The Holy Spirit will show you and empower you. And He wants to do a new thing in your life, in a new season, in a new way. But when God does a new thing in us, it always kind of looks different And it's not necessarily where we've been, but it's where God's taking us. It starts to look kind of like the same God, but in a new way. And God wants to do a new thing in your life. Maybe some of us have been stuck with some old things that God wants to set you free from. But don't think that what God set you free from once upon a time, He might have done it a certain way then, But that doesn't mean he's going to do it that same way now. Because God has this thing where he doesn't want us to get stuck on how he did it. He wants us to be stuck on who did it. So he'll even get you to forget about the good things he's done in your life. And he'll set you up and do it in a new way so that you get stuck on him. It's always him. It's always his power. It's always his word in our life. And so I'm praying that you would be filled with the great power of the Holy Spirit. That you would have that power, and that connection requires focus. It requires being in an environment like this where you can connect with God. That prayer life, that that moment in your world where you connect with the Holy Spirit, let that be part of who you are. We are a, a spirit powered church all across Sydney. That's who we are, and we're going to be that in Jesus' name. If I could get the keys player to come, I want to just land on this, that the, re- the reason for Mary's selection, like I said, it's revealed in her response. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And Mary is kind of like what you call, I like to call, AB positive. Uh, AB positive is a blood type. It's rare but it helps a lot of people. And Mary was two things. She was available and she believed God. She was A, B, positive. And I find that the doors God has for us come to people who don't have it all together, who don't know everything, but are two things, available and will believe God. Mary made her life available. She made her heart available. Even, even for the interruption, she was available. And if you've, uh, I don't know if you've ever received a phone call, but anyone got an iPhone? Got an iPhone? A few people, a, who has a Samsung? Okay, we'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> you know, when you receive a phone call, you got a few options. You can answer, decline, but there's a third option. Answering's good, it's really good to answer the call. That's great. Declining, I mean, at least you're honest. You know, beep, not today, devil, you know. That's that's, that's all right. But then there's this other option. It feels quite powerful. It's the option where you screen the call. You don't do anything. You just watch it ring. And you look at their name and you smile. I'm busy. (laughs) Sorry, too busy for you. you. Screen the call. Not really doing anything. And there's this interesting thing about calling because we can get a little bit messed up about God's calling and we think that it's this thing far off and it only comes to a few certain people. Can I tell you today, God is always calling. God has been calling since He created the heavens and the earth. God is calling you. He's calling everybody. Always calling. That phone is always calling. Jesus is right at the door. He's not far off. Nobody's ever been far from God. God has always been near. Maybe we have walked, but God is always near. You know, Jesus, He's at the door knocking and if, if, if you could see it like this, you know, if you just open the crack of the door just a little bit, Jesus is right there. Hi. He, he is eagerly waiting. So any idea that this calling thing is far off and it's complicated, it's not. It's simple. God is calling you today. The question is not, is God calling? The question is, what is my response? The greatest question in our lives is, how will I respond to the call? Because it is there. Will I answer? Will I decline? Will I screen? Some of us can find ourselves in a place where we are even in God's house, but we are continually screening the call, putting it off. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd give my life to Jesus, but, you know, I'd, I'd serve and build God's house, but, yeah, I'd, do, I'd, I'd respond to the calling I know is there, but I got this, I, I got that. Today, let's respond to the call. Let's not put it off any longer. Wherever you're at, let's answer. Let's say Yes. It doesn't have to look big. It doesn't have to look like this big thing. It could just be a small step. Just just everyone, one step, even today. Just what's that one step for you? What's that one step? Just a little step. Wherever